You're listening to Future Tense, the AI show that demystifies the world of artificial intelligence and tells you what you need to know. Join Jeff Joyce and Julia McCoy live right now. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Future Tense. So excited to be here today with you. Go ahead, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jeff, we rehearsed this, and now we're going being awkward. <laughs> I'm Julia. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, don't we have an amazing, amazing episode for you guys today? Jeff and I were just saying this feels like one of the best topics we've been able to talk about since we started the show, which makes me sound like we've been running this for a hundred decades, but that's how AI feels. I feel like a day is like a thousand years. <laughs> so, yep. so let's jump right in. So today's topic is all about education. We're going to start there because we have some incredible uh, breaking news from Friday, actually, um, January 23rd, we're recording this Friday the 19th. So let's just jump right into that. And then after that, we've got some more amazing headlines to break down for you. So the first one is all about education. And that's where we're going to start. You see the headline of the show, right? Will schools adapt to AI? That's the headline of this episode. So I want to take you through a journey. Um, and Jeff and I were talking about this, like, how do we really tell this story? Because it's so amazing. So let me take you through a journey of last year, where all of this started. So November of 2022, here comes ChatGPT, basically breaking the internet for the first time we can interact with AI by simply conversing with it. And that changed the world. ChatGPT became the world's fastest adapted to technology in a matter of weeks. Under two months, it had 100 million signups. So you go from there to this world of education that is quite frankly antiquated, out of touch, and it was built for another era. So here's ChatGPT <laughs> meeting, butting heads with that antiquation. And what happens? January of 2023, you have school districts that begun begin to ban ChatGPT from the use of their classrooms. And there's actually a timeline uh, I pulled up from Forbes. You can see it if you're watching on YouTube, where back in December of 2022, when ChatGPT came out, Los Angeles, the first school district to actually put a block on the site, OpenAI's website. Why? Why did they do this? Quote unquote, to protect academic honesty. I would ask, how could they even say that if they don't know how to use this technology? But no, 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 as academia does, so traditionally, it jumps to the front and makes an assumption about something it doesn't even know about to quote unquote, protect students. <laughs> so we go from there to New York City. New York City Public Schools became the largest school district in the country to ban ChatGPT as well in early January. The press secretary that was talking about this just threw the statement out there, another very quick jump to conclusions. Wonder if she even used the tool? Anyway, she said it doesn't help build critical thinking and problem-solving skills. So there was a ton of jumping to conclusions made by the people leading education. But to be fair, you know, this is a totally new technology, and here's education. <laughs> it's an industry that has a hard time adapting, period. Then we go from there to Washington, D.C., where the news stations there began to report different counties banning ChatGPT throughout Virginia, Alabama. Interesting to see the ban continue to go. So we go from there, right, beginning of 2023 to spring, May. What happens? These school districts began to unban ChatGPT. In fact, in May of last year, and I'll share a New York Times article on this, New York City schools began to issue apologies <laughs> to the public, <laughs> saying that they acted too hastily and that they're going to unblock ChatGPT. In fact, when you look at L.A., the superintendent over there went as far as to say, we're seeing children who have unfiltered, unblocked connectivity to ChatGPT at home benefit from these tools. 
So what do these educators say at first? Oh, this is going to not going to help critical thinking, not going to help problem solving. And then when these students went home and used ChatGPT, these superintendents found that these children actually came to school smarter and better for it. So it's really interesting to see how education had to adapt. They didn't have a choice. And then you have educators like school teachers all throughout different districts that began to actually give their students chat GBT. There's this article we're looking at that's focusing on a high school in Washington state called Walla Walla High School. And this educator there, she basically put ChatGPT in the hands of her middle school. Pretty amazing to see this happen. And what she saw was that the students really benefited from actually getting their hands on this tool. So over here in Austin, Texas, you know, I last fall, I was in a room where there were some UT professors that not only put ChatGPT in the hands of their students, this was a college class, but they actually tasked their students with breaking ChatGPT, try to break it, try to do everything you can to actually break this technology and then see what happens. So basically what that UT professor taught them to do was to think critically and to learn how to prompt it and get better and better outputs. Because how do you learn? You learn by failing. You learn by breaking stuff. So I thought that was genius. And then these students, he began to see some incredible things. There was one student that aced the entire class <laughs> because Jeff, you'll like this. <laughs> they figured out a master prompt that could answer every. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Just like that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so we go from there, bans happening to unbanning to superintendents actually apologizing to entire districts to this news that just broke Friday, January 19th. And it's amazing. What's, ha what's actually happening, and I'll pull up an article on this, is that ASU, Arizona State University, is actually the first ever university to partner with OpenAI and sign up on the enterprise plan. And here we go, pulling out the TechCrunch article on this. So ASU is the first higher education customer of OpenAI. And what they did Whenever I dug into it, like, how are they actually using this? And a big shout out to Lev Gonick, who is the chief information officer at ASU. The way he went about this, even what he said on the press release, you know, he sees OpenAI as a thought partner. That was his word for universities. I thought that's brilliant. That is such a great way to portray the benefit of AI in school. So what ASU is doing is they're actually putting the licenses of OpenAI's ChatGPT enterprise license in the hands of the professor. And they put it in the largest college class, which is pretty amazing. Their largest class is freshman composition. And what they've asked the professors to do is to use ChatGPT to build personalized AI tutors. And those tutors will then offer writing help. When I saw this, I mean, Jeff, I was like, jumping off my seat. I couldn't believe it because I think that what ASU is doing is they're actually putting AI in the correct driver's seat, the correct seat of education. I don't think AI is just something you introduce in the classroom and you say, hey, you know, go use ChatGPT and see how it can help you write an essay. Um, and I got to see this firsthand whenever um, the lockdowns happened in 2020. I'll share a little story. My nine-year-old was six at the time. It was the hardest time. Like she was in tears almost every day. She couldn't see her friends. She didn't understand why she had to stay home. It was like incredibly hard. My heart broke. And I began to look for online solutions where she could interact with friends, interact with a great technology, learn, enjoy school, because we were just having a hard time even getting through the at-home curriculum. It was school went fully remote. So I found this platform called Con Kids Academy, and it like changed our lives. It was so fun. It was so interactive. Fast forward a few years later, Sal Khan gives a TED Talk, and he says, if education puts AI in the driver's seat of the education, 
That's how we can change education completely and radically for the better using artificial intelligence. And what he did was he built AI, he took OpenAI's license and he built it directly into their app. And now you're actually interacting with an AI tutor. So I thought that was brilliant because I don't think there is any higher use of a technology this incredible. And when we think about AI, you know, it is the world's fastest adapting technology, the world's fastest growing vertical right now. We are seeing as of 2021, it has surpassed humans at almost every single task. By the year 2120, I think could be a lot sooner, it's supposed to fully automate all labor. And these are like data backed. We're not just saying things here. Like This is data backed facts. So if you take something that incredible and you actually allow it to teach the next generation <laughs> how to be incredible, how to be gifted, how to pull out their talent, I think there's no better use. So that's why I am thrilled at the news of ASU embracing this and not just buying the enterprise license. By the way, 5,500 faculty members and 100, over 100,000 students, they're taking that, giving it to the faculty and saying, hey, guys, replace yourself in the classroom with something that is better than you. But oh, by the way, you're still teaching this. You're just using AI to help you teach it better. I love it. Jeff, Mike, over to you. Yeah, I mean, this is a topic that I think both of us are very, very, very passionate about. We've had conversations about education before with AI, and yeah. I think that it is just something that I was a poor student for all of my educational career. Math is, I'm horrible at math. But the thing is that AI can be so personalized to me and what my needs are and what my learning requirements are that it would have been such a huge asset for me to have in the classroom. And this just puts ASU on the map. Like no. if you're if you're seeking education and you actually want to understand the topics that you're going through, AI is going to be your best companion. It's going to know all the nuances of how you learn and what you need to know in order for you to, to succeed. I think that's game changing. That's a revolutionary way of us tackling the, all the educational problems that we have in the country. And we have so many when it comes down to the curriculum, when it comes down to, you know, how, how many, how many teachers per or how many students per classroom that, I mean, there's no personalized attention to students anymore. And I think that through AI, we can have that be kind of like the intermediary between the student and the teacher to where the, the teacher can understand exactly where the, the student might have pitfalls on. And if the AI is not assisting, they can just take a look at data and say, okay, I understand where, where the student is failing. Let me step in on these areas, or maybe let's tweak the AI tutor in this way to mm -hmm. facilitate a better education plan for the student. That is incredible. <laughs> incredible. And uh, I, I think that the future is really, really bright for AI and education. And it's something that I'm definitely be like, hey, you're going to go to school for anything, go to ASU. I mean, that's, that is a school to go to right now for that. Um, I'm just interested to see what further AI education studies they bring on as a result of this mm -hmm. and how that kind of landscape for higher education changes over the next few years. Same. Same. It'll be really interesting to see because I think, um, you know, the backlash like last January was terrible. I mean, there was a professor that found out this over in California, found out that the student was using ChatGPT. Boom. Immediately, that student got kicked out of class, kicked out of campus and banned. Well, guess what? That student and their family turned around and sued the college. Guess who won? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Not the college. <laughs> You're fighting a losing freaking battle. The student won. And so we just saw, I think, education go, whoa, what happened here? Curveball. And then come right back from that and say, okay, we actually got to get with the times here. And it's good to see a college as big as ASU, like, just embrace it. I got to say, like, just hats off. Just like you said, Jeff, I would tell everyone I know that wants to go to college, go college there. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't see anything like this in the headlines where the university is, you know, not just saying, okay, I think it's fine to use ChatGPT, um, you know, go try to use it when you're writing an essay. No, they're actually equipping their 
tutors and their faculty on staff with an enterprise license to this thing. And they're telling them, go build personalized AI tutors. And they're doing this, by the way, in their largest class, <laughs> the writing class, which don't get me started on how much college essays <laughs> need to be completely rehauled, never taught again, essays are dead. <laughs> so to take that class and drop personalized AI tutoring in the middle of it, I think it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I can't wait. I mean, we're moving to Arizona. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Like, when can I go visit ASU? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm if, you're, if you're in a, if you're in Arizona, you go to ASU. Uh, keep on a lookout for us. We're gonna possibly be down there. Never know. This episode was not sponsored in any way by ASU, but we are <laughs> right. telling you right now to go. To ASU. <laughs> Our goal is to turn Arizona into the new AI mecca, where it's <laughs> it's uh, the one spot you go to for all things AI. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, I have a wordplay name already made <laughs> for the group of people that we're going to create in Arizona. And it's called cacti. If you guys don't appreciate that. You are not my friends. I love it. <laughs> cacti connections. And I'll spell it out on the screen so you can actually see, but you guys get it. So, so yeah, our goal is to go to Arizona. <laughs> create um just an ai you know mecca <laughs> a cacti mecca, a cacti anyway. mecca. yep <laughs> so that's the first news of the day and it's pretty incredible just to be able to see that happen um you know i think just the way they're going about this and what lev gonick said representing asu as their cio as a chief information officer and looking at OpenAI and this enterprise license as a design and a thought partner is just really brilliant, you know, because I think the fear in education, really any industry comes from the perspective you have of, oh, this is going to replace me. Mm, mm. And that just creates fear that creates resistance. But what Lev said, you know, looking at this as a partner, that's how ASU is looking at this. That is the most brilliant way to look at AI. Because if you look at it that way, in the seat of a coworker, a partner, an assistant, something that can augment and transform your work, make you five to 10 times to 25 times better, faster, more efficient, you know, it's like, are you still going to go walk down the street to your library and look through a file of drawers trying to find a book to get to the information? Or are you going to open your phone and just do a Google search? Hello. I'm going to do a Google search <laughs> and AI is much the same. It's going to be at that point where it's just a no brainer for us and the employer employing us to use AI. So we really have to adapt and education needs to lead that forefront. And I was worried for a minute <laughs> last year, seeing all these districts just ban, 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 ban chat GPT, but then they recalibrate unban. And now January, we actually have a real adapter with ASU. So it's brilliant to see. Absolutely. And for anybody that has young kids, you don't have to wait. If your kids aren't going to a school that has AI assisted learning, which hardly any of them do, you don't have to wait in order for you to implement that or start teaching your kids AI. Um, it's definitely something that I talked about in episode one, but I think that you should be able to work with your kids on the areas that they need the most help in and design tutors around that yourself. I think it's such a powerful skill just to sit down and use AI to kind of map out what it is they need help with. And you can even ask the most AIs to do it for you. And they'll assist you in creating, whether it's custom GPTs or so forth, to create good learning systems for your children. I think it's such an important thing that we that parents need to understand that it's not something that's out of reach for you right now. You can absolutely do this right now with the technology that you have at home. Hmm, I love that. Just empowering the students and the parents at home to start there. I mean, I think I spent huh, a total of an hour with my daughter just showing her here's how to actually use AI, right? We're going to open it, we're going to prompt it. And she's nine. <clears throat> I taught her this when she was eight and a half. And I'll tell you the just the rapid pace at which she took that one hour and I was, you know, I was 
prepared to spend more time with my kid. It's not like, oh, you only get an hour. No, <laughs> that's where we started. But she took that hour of, okay, mom taught me how to use MidJourney, how to open ChatGPT, how to prompt AI. Oh, wow, mom, there's something called magic right in Canva. I'm going to go create this whole presentation, which she did without me knowing. She was just, you know, we have a computer. We've equipped her to use it, encouraged her to use it. It's out here in the open right next to my desk. So she's free to use at any time. And that has created a great environment for her to feel like she has permission to do all this, which is very important for us to do as parents. So, you know, it's funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Our kids are so smart. The next generation, like we're in trouble. So she learned how to prompt the AI and get results. And here she goes in Canva learning how to use magic, right? I didn't know at the time, this was last year, middle of the year, I didn't know that magic right had come out. I wasn't actually aware of that. So she comes to me with the finished presentation. She doesn't show me what she's doing. In fact, she's like, mom, don't look, I'm doing a, making a surprise for you. And then she comes to me with the presentation and she starts to read it. And she has like this sparkle in her eye. She's excited. Well, I'll tell you, she begins to read it and presents it as if she wrote every word. And I was like, wait a minute, you just said that the flowers in the field look like silk and the grass is greener than the richest green you could find in a crayon box and yada, yada, yada. Like these statements she was saying were so like just poetic. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Great job. And then I, I kid you not, she looks at me with like this little grin and she goes, mom, AI wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of being like oh no that's terrible you oh you should have written it i was like that's amazing because <laughs> mm -hmm. she just used ai to generate something she did it in less than 10 minutes this was 12 slides with at least three sentences per slide of very well written language that matched the image perfectly it was a presentation that would have stood up in any any board meeting i mean i don't know what she was selling <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was well done. And that's in the end what we should care about. Not, oh, did you do this? Or did AI do it? It's the results. Because that's what the employer cares about. That's what the people that pay you care about. And so in the end, what do they want? What does the real world want from us? Well, can AI do that better? And we've got to get really real about that. But, you know, now she knows that she can't fool mom. <laughs> we did <laughs> clear that up. <laughs> You know, a lot of people think that AI kind of will, will, will stifle creativity or, you know, make it too easy to create or all the everything that comes from AI won't be inspired. But I feel like that's it's the opposite. It's an expander of creativity. Yeah. Um, when I work with, on AI projects with my ne with my nephews, I went through the similar process of just, you know, giving them the basics and fundamentals of using MidJourney of using ChatGPT, creating bots and doing all these things. But that evolved very, very quickly into just a hunger to create more than what they even knew how to create. For instance, mm -hmm. one of my nephews wants to create like Roblox games. And so he needs to learn how to code in order to do that. He knows nothing about coding. He's far too young to even have an interest for that, in my opinion. But he developed an interest from that just from seeing the capabilities that oh. he was able to use with AI that now that's all he wants to do is just learn and test and try to code. And it's it's going great. I mean, it's such an expander of that, like that initial spark. It just it puts you know gasoline on it and just it it's amazing. That's a great way to look at it. Love that. Well, I know we have a few other headlines to cover. Um, Jeff, I'll hand it to you on one of these topics about AI hitting Galaxy phones. Can you Absolutely. talk about that? Yes, I can. Give me one second. Let me go ahead and pull up my screen here for you guys. Go to present. All right. So... During the Galaxy Unpacked event, which is was Samsung's reveal of their latest flagship phone, they also talked about Galaxy AI. It says Galaxy AI is here. And some of the features that was released with this are pretty impressive. This is only available for the, the S24 and S24 Plus. And 
I imagine that this is just like a starting place for them. I think that they're going to beat Apple to the AI punch of basically providing just a ton of different AI solutions for their customers that Apple's going to really have to do something very innovative to catch up. Um, one of the things that was really impressive right here, this is a circle to search. What you do is any object you have inside of a picture, you can just circle that object and it'll immediately try to find that in Google for you, whether that's a shopping link or it could be a link to a source, whatever it is that you're taking a picture of, as long as you can circle around it, it'll take you to a relevant Google search using uh, Google Vision. One of the most exciting things that I found was uh, Live Translate. So this is able to translate into, I think it's like 30 something languages and it works on your phone. So basically you'd initiate a phone call with somebody from wherever they're at in the world. And in almost real time, it would do the translation for you. But it also has a feature where it, you can mute the other person talking to where you only hear the translation. That's how confident they are in the capability of this live translation. And from the audio that I've heard from it, it's pretty impressive and it's really close to real time. I see this being such a huge tool for international communications. I'm so excited to see where this is going to go, um, especially like with just wearable devices in the future, mm -hmm. where it's just like I can travel anywhere around the world and have a conversation with somebody that I've never met in a language that I don't know and be able to talk back and forth with people. That's just so cool in my opinion. It just breaks down that extra barrier where it's like, yeah. oh, hold on, hold on. I got to pull up translate. I got to, you know, streamlining. I think AI is going to revolutionize just the tools that come out, what we're going to see over the next 12, 14 months with, like, you think it, it occurs. <laughs> That's right. a dream state, right? That we can do that with AI. And this is a next step towards that. Absolutely. I cannot wait to see like just there's also features coming to, to all sorts of stuff like YouTube and for like translating your your videos automatically. There's there's tons of stuff coming out in the translation space. But I think that the phone is such a a good entry point to where mm -hmm. the wearables wow. is just that very next step above that to where it's like I just put my my earbuds in and walk around and I could talk to people in any language. I think that's just such a cool concept. Um transcript assist is uh pretty interesting it goes through and identifies each speaker and then transcribes everything from a meeting or from a phone call and it creates summaries on it um not as impressive as the other two but i think that's still very very useful if you want to summarize a call if you want to summarize a meeting um that's a, a useful tool a generative edit is basically just a way for you to select this, and, wow. and Apple Apple kind of has this already where you're able to create stickers mm -hmm. and stuff like that and select a, uh, a subject and then kind of move them or wiggle them around and it, it removes them from the image. Uh, this is basically the same thing, just using generative AI in order to do that. And obviously it will fill in the background. And then the last one's going to be chat assist. This is able to translate for you within text messages. Um, you're able to ask prompts of it, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, this is the feature that I think that is kind of cool in theory um i'm i, I want us to actually play with this and see what it's like because it looks kind of jumbled up like you have your original message and then you have the translated message below it i would i'd like to see like it replace it completely but it's very interesting on the, on the least are you on android jeff versus iphone i'm on iphone and when i saw this presentation i was like I don't want to switch back. Don't make me switch back. Apple, you better do something. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I thought. Whenever I started out with my online businesses like 10 years ago, I one of my first phones was the Galaxy and I was really, you know, impressed with it and I only switched to iPhone because I am definitely a diehard MacBook fan. I mean, there's no better computer. Sorry, Windows people. Uh, but yeah, like Apple better um, <clears throat> produce something here because I am very tempted to switch back to Android looking at this, the new Galaxy coming out. It's pretty rad. It is pretty rad. And I think that from a, a standpoint of like how quickly we're going to see AI features reach Android, it's going to be a lot faster mm -hmm. than Apple can keep up with. It's such a robust platform wow. with so many developers coding and creating products for Android that I think that in order for Apple to really create like solid first party technology, 
they'd have to like invest a ton of money and really wait quite a while in order to get something truly innovative onto their platform for their phones. I think that Android is just the perfect platform for that kind of like open source feel of like creating AI technologies into a mobile unit that it's going to be really, really hard for Apple to keep up. Mm, yeah. I agree. I think it's interesting to see the arms race here because we have these big tech companies that have been able to just build very robust technology for years. But boom, here's this disruption of artificial intelligence suddenly becoming the norm thanks to ChatGPT. And so the expectation is, well, you know, AI should be in this feature or in this feature. And like just just what, 13 months ago, there wasn't that expectation. <laughs> so this is like, you got to get with it or you're going to be left behind. And it's interesting to see which companies will win and come out of this as winners. Yeah. We also, we're also going to get a lot of bloat too with it where it's like, I need a separate device. That's like AI enabled to name my dog. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a good use case for AI and, and, and have it be a separate device. Like there's, there's tons of use cases for AI. I just don't think that that's probably one that we should go after. <laughs> I mean, that that was a use case. Was that a CS? <laughs> no, it's just a, a okay. hypothetical use case. I mean, if, if somebody had an idea that's listening for that, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> the worst ideas of all time. I mean, I bought a dog in the, you know, I adopted a dog, bought a dog in the last seven years, one time. So to get one device, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Worst example ever, Jeff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think that could probably segue us into something that I, I really wanted to talk about and hopefully get to is uh, uh, I'll let Julia I'll let you take over this one. Is Sam Altman an AGI? Oh, 100%. That is, you read my mind. That's coming up right next. I was actually pulling up the tab. Yeah. So AGI, right? <laughs> If you're not aware, that stands for Artificial General Intelligence. And the idea is that OpenAI or ChatGPT, um, GPT-4, GPT-5, and the iterations coming can think autonomously. And there's rumors and hints of sentient thinking, which is similar, synonymous to consciousness at a level of human. So what's interesting, first of all, I'll start here, what Sam Altman said um, at the World Economic Forum just this month, January 2024, and he said that AGI is absolutely in the future, reasonably close-ish. So he actually confirmed, yes, this is coming. This is a real thing. He defined it. <clears throat> he defined it as this is a form of artificial intelligence, meaning AGI, that can complete tasks at the same level or a step above humans. However, I thought this was interesting because I haven't heard him say this. You know, there's been a lot of rumors that he hasn't actually confirmed. And then, of course, there was the whole debacle where, you know, he quit OpenAI, got rehired. <laughs> that all occurred. So here he is back as the CEO of OpenAI saying 100% AGI is going to happen in the close-ish future. But he also said this, which I want to highlight. This is really important. He said that it's going to be an incredible tool for productivity. It will absolutely, he said, reshape and disrupt the world. But to the level at which the media portrays, at which we all think, I quote, he said it will happen much less than we think. So I think like, and I've been saying this from the start, you know, Hollywood, the media, even like throughout time, we have been presented this image of artificial intelligence that's actually quite scary. And I really think it's for a reason. <laughs> I think the narrative has been presented to us to try to keep us from embracing what is an incredibly bright future whenever we do adapt to AI. Because of what it will do, it will free up our time. It could, you know, I was talking to my family about if you put this in the seat of the educator, what would our kids be able to achieve that might have taken us years? What kind of languages could they learn in a matter of a week? Because AI gamified it and came up with a new way to teach that we would never have thought of because that's the power of AI, right? But that's, again, if we're harnessing it for good, if we are actually the ones taking control of it versus just sitting by and letting whatever country, whatever company, whatever corporation, 
you know, kind of make AI happen to us. So if we are taking advantage of this, if we're learning how to use it at home with our kids, implement it into our workflows, learn how to use the best tools, um, sponsored or not, shout out to Continent Scale, one of the best tools for long form writing on the entire internet, the most human-like AI writer. <laughs> Trying to plug that in naturally, how did I, how did I do? <laughs> Probably three on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Continentscale.ai. <laughs> Going back to that idea of AGI, you know, so we've been presented what I really think is a narrative that's been presented to us, you know, much like a lot of institutionalized education is also something that we haven't had a say. It's been created by a system. Um, I think the presentation of AI is much the same. And I think it's been presented to us in that way through movies, film, television, media, to keep us in a state of reactivity, where we are just letting this happen and sitting by instead of grabbing the freaking wheel going, I'm going to drive this thing and 10x my life because that is the possibility. So I think like we actually have something tangible with the release, the statement here by Sam Altman, which just came out, right? We have something tangible where he said, hey guys, you know, AGI is happening, but by the way, you know, it's not the Terminator y'all thought it would be. It's actually something that's going to revolutionize work. You're going to be disappointed. In fact, he said, like, we don't actually have a sentient level of intelligence here with artificial general intelligence. So he confirmed all that. And then he said, but, you know, I've been saying all along, guys, slow down. This isn't the Terminator. <laughs> it is what you make it to be. And we are in the driver's seat. You know, it's amazing. Like, you know, take my story, for example, Jeff, I know you have a similar one. You know, I was a writer. I didn't have any say in anything AI at all. I came from an industry of very much human manual work and I literally knocked on the door of continent scale and I said, I believe in this so much. I want to be a part of it. And here I am now fully immersed in AI getting reposted on LinkedIn with the hashtag AI. <laughs> like we can, what I want to tell you by sharing that with you is to inspire you that you absolutely have the power to make AI what it can be in your life, in your work. So remember that. And I think Sam Altman's comments to that are really powerful. So if we move from that to this next piece of AGI, which is actually quite mind-blowing. So I hope you're sitting down for this one. <laughs> but the main thing here to remember, right? Don't forget, please, that this is not the Terminator. It's not here to kill you. It's not what you've been fed through hundreds of movies and TV storylines and media headlines. It is what you make it. And it's not sitting it. It will never rival that human level of sitting it thinking. Will it rival a human? Absolutely. It will do better than us. As of 2021, it's been confirmed that AI is actually better than a human at most tasks. There's data and graphs on that, supporting that. So we go from that, right? It's great at tasks. It's not living, breathing. <laughs> Remember that. We go from that to, here's Mark Zuckerberg. Here's Meta. What are they doing? They're developing open source AGI, which is pretty crazy. So I actually want to play. Uh, we're going to let the audio go here. I want to play what Mark Zuckerberg posted on his Instagram. January 18th. So this was just a few days ago. Um, this is regarding their announcement to develop open source AI specifically to feed the metaverse, which, you know, Jeff and I, we can go on way deep into that in another episode. I think that that is going to be huge for various reasons. Uh, we can talk more about that. But their step into developing AGI to feed the metaverse is a pretty giant step. So I'm going to let you hear it straight from Mark. Uh, let's play this audio. I think it's on the wrong screen right now. Oh, here we go. Two AI research efforts closer together to support our long-term goals of building general intelligence, open sourcing it responsibly, and making it available and useful to everyone in all of our daily lives. It's become clearer that the next generation of services requires building full general intelligence. 
building the best AI assistants, AIs for creators, AIs for businesses, and more, that needs advances in every area of AI, from reasoning to planning to coding to memory and other cognitive abilities. This technology is so important and the opportunities are so great that we should open source and make it as widely available as we responsibly can so that way everyone can benefit. And we are building an absolutely massive amount of infrastructure um, to support this. By the end of this year, we're gonna have around 350,000 NVIDIA H100s or around 600,000 H100 equivalents of compute if you include other GPUs. We're currently training Llama 3 and we've got an exciting roadmap of, of future models that we're gonna keep training responsibly and safely to. People are also going to need new devices for AI and this brings together AI and the metaverse. Because over time, I think a lot of us are gonna to talk to AIs frequently throughout the day. And I think a lot of us are gonna do that using glasses because glasses are the ideal form factor for letting an AI see what you see and hear what you hear so it's always available to help out. Ray-Ban Meta Glasses with Meta AI are already off to a very strong start and overall across all this stuff, we are just getting started. Hey everyone. And if you're listening, Meta, send us a pair of glasses, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Preferably two. One in the color rose pink. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, I, and I think the, the key takeaway there that really sparked my... Um, like my, my reasoning about what he's saying is he's not saying that Llama 3 is going to have AGI. I think it's really important for us to kind of uh, give a kind of like a, a, a ranking of like what is AGI. So we have narrow AI, which is a very narrowly focused AI that completes just one task. And then we have advanced narrow AI, which is just a step above that, which is what you see from like chat GPT where it's like, it's able to kind of generalize and complete a lot of different tasks, but it's not necessarily like self thinking, so to speak. And then we get into like an AGI threshold, which is just a step above that, which is where we're, we're like on the precipice of right now. I don't think it's necessarily, this is just a, a, a prediction for me. I don't think that we're going to see it this year. I think that we'll see it very early Q1 of next year. I think that we start to see like semblances of it kind of leak out from like OpenAI and these other places, but with guardrails on <laughs> to where it's like, we, here's your bumpers. You're allowed to stay in this area. Go ahead and throw your balls that way. <laughs> and that's what we're, we're going to see. And then we have advanced AGI, which is able to complete most tasks better than any human on the planet. And then we have even one step above that, which is, artificial super intelligence, which there is no person on the planet that's smarter than an AI. It can do everything better than you, it can think better than you, it can do, that is like almost Terminator level like of thinking right there. And that is possible. But what is interesting about these things that uh, Sam Altman and Mark Zuckerberg are talking about um, is that lesser models can be used to train up future models. So if they can, they can, they use uh, GPT 3.5, to then train GPT-4 and connect them together or from them to learn from each other. And I think that we're going to see a lot of that compound or say uh, compress a lot of the time that's going to take for us to reach artificial general intelligence. And when you have Llama 3 interacting with Llama 2 and creating material for it to then learn and continue to iterate on itself, we're going to have compounding factors on both sides to where it's like we're going to see the competition of the AGI, who, who has the best AGI, basically. And that's that's a that's a fascinating prospect. Who knows how you know, you know, that's gonna compress the timeline for reskilling and people trying to find where they kind of fit in with technology in that aspect. And I I don't think that anytime soon we're gonna see that like artificial superintelligence like completely force everybody out of the workforce. It'll all be still AI assisted with you in the driver's seat, but just a better companion. And like you said, talking to it throughout the day, using glasses, using interfaces like that. It's a really interesting and I'm amazing world that we're, we're heading down. I'm so glad to be born right now. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's funny. Cause <clears throat> some of my, some of the people I talk to most often are very, very 
uh, reluctant to even say AI is good. And it's great to actually have those people close because I could bounce every argument off of them and see, okay, <laughs> do you still hate AI or do you see the window of opportunity? And I think for you and I, Jeff, that's exactly what we see is the opportunity here. It's incredible. It really is whenever you think about it. And just what's on the horizon with AI replacing most human labor, you know, in less than a century, like we really could see this in decades. Um, you know, it's, it's gonna, it, it's hard to put that into a picture. And I think the best first step you could take if you're listening to this wondering, oh, dear, am I in trouble, which is you're not alone. That's the thought of many people right now. The best first step you could do is ask yourself, how can I start using AI? How can I start getting my hands on this? How can I learn how to use it? Just open up YouTube, type in ChatGPT tutorial, type in mid-journey tutorial, type in consonant scale, craft. <laughs> type these things in, start watching and learning, and you'll see for yourself how to actually adapt. And if we go back to the very first thing we shared at the beginning of this episode, you know, it's exactly, exactly what Arizona State University is doing, which is really exciting to see is they're taking enterprise licenses of OpenAI and actually giving it to their faculty saying, hey, guys, go build personalized AI tutors for a writing class, the thing that needs the most revolution, because AI is going to disrupt writing forever as we know it. So I think that's the best thing is just you know, how do I step away from archaic institutions, ways of thinking? Am I in a school that has banned ChatGPT? Hopefully not, because we saw most of those school districts actually apologize for banning and unbanned. <laughs> that shouldn't be happening anymore. That's the dark ages. So if you're in an environment where, you know, ChatGPT is not encouraged, or you simply don't have anyone to talk to, you know, I have friends that I'll text and I'll walk them through how to use ChatGPT, like open it up. You know, I'm parents, moms, I have no idea even how to define AI. That's totally fine. Like you're not alone. But the best thing you could do for yourself, your family, your kids is to actually open these tools and get to use them. And shout out to Farnaz, our SEO coordinator. She says the impact of AI on the future of work is far from being a job destroyer. And it isn't just about job transformation. It's giving birth to completely new job roles like the AIO writer. And that's a great perspective thinking about, you know, what you said, Jeff, like the opportunity here, how glad you are to be born in this age. If we look at it like that, perspective is everything. Mindset is everything. If we look at it like that, then opportunities will begin to open. But if we're looking at this like something terrible, bad, how scared I am of AGI on a level of one to 10. And I'm not saying there's things that, aren't scary. <laughs> the founder of Anthropic wrote this incredible thesis on, you know, how there needs to be constitutional ethics around AI. And I love his argument because he actually was in the Senate saying we need to be the first ones to use it so we can regulate it. And I think like, if you think like that, like, how do I be the first to adapt in my job, in my workforce, in my school? then you're going to be the one in that seat of power, being able to say, this is how we use it. This is the best case, the best use case. This is the best scenario. This is the best output. And then you become an agent of change for the people around you. So it's really cool. Like whenever I was helping my mom friend learn how to use ChatGPT to actually express herself and communicate with her school district on something she needed to, she then carried that information to other parents and friends who needed that same level of help. So it's just amazing what you being one agent of change going, hey, have you opened ChatGPT? Have you tried using it this way? Have you used continent scale to, you know, be able to step away at your desk at noon? That's what one freelancer was able to do. Go from working till 11 p.m. at night to stepping away at noon because that literally saves you seven hours on an eight hour blogging process. So I think it's just amazing to look at it in the right perspective. And that's when the world of AI really opens up to you and you see what's possible. Absolutely. It's an excellent point. And speaking about writing, I know we're getting close to that one hour mark. Could you talk to me about a study of 1 billion SERPs? <laughs> oh, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that might be a little too long for this <laughs> of a segment. 
<laughs> Indeed. That's a that's a tease for next week. <laughs> or I should say later this week. Because we're moving to two episodes this week. Oh yeah. Yes. If you uh if you're a fan of the of the, the podcast, make sure you tune in later this week. We will be live again on Thursday. Uh we're doing the same time, correct? Correct. Same time. Awesome. So you'll see double of us each and every week. And uh we'll have a new list of topics. Also, if you're following us on any of the platforms are on, make sure that you leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube, make sure you like and follow. Be great. Get any, any feedback we can. Absolutely. And rate us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cheesy. On a scale of one to 10, rate Jeff and Julia, the future 10. <laughs> also, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the show, feel free to leave a comment or send us an email. You can send me one directly at jeff at contentscale.ai. I'm always open to cover something that you, that one of the, the listeners are suggesting, and we'll do research on it, give our opinions, and cover it on I the show. I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, Jeff and I, we curate these topics um, every single, goodness, I think I'm thinking about it every night. I know you are too, Jeff. So, mm-hmm. Like, what are your burning questions? What are you facing you know, whether it's like a situation or maybe ChatGPT has been banned or you have this fear, concern about AI hitting you at work or at school in some way. We'd love to hear your scenario and, you know, we could personally help guide you through it, give you some answers. Totally Absolutely. love to do that. So, yes. And then let us talk about you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that'd be a great segment, actually, just for us to have on certain episodes. Ooh. It's just feature somebody from the audience and kind of get whatever questions they have and talk about it, any help that they might need, any type of insight or anything we can give to help out. We can create some great actionable steps for the, everybody listening to kind of follow along or learn from other people's questions. It'd be great. Oh, I love that. We could call it hot seat with Jeff and Julia. Put some, <laughs> one of you in the hot seat and then you can be like, hey, here's this scenario I'm facing. Or, you know, one of the things like I've been asked, I was on a podcast with, um, a group of copywriters and I was asked, well, you know, if AI can do the work 10 times faster, should I be charging less? And the answer to that I gave was no, you could actually be charging more. And you might ask what, how, why? So if you think about services um, and how they're delivered, right, in content, usually you have this content deliverable and that deliverable takes, oh my gosh, endless amounts of time, <laughs> Well, what if AI, and it can, what if it can cut the majority of the hours of that time out? What can you do instead? That's how you need to think. So what I shared with these writers was to restack their services and reskill, learn some new skills where they're optimizing the content. They're using a tool like Constant Scale to deliver it way faster, get that done way sooner. And then they're moving on to strategy, reporting, measurement of success, um, consulting around CRO, you know, um, improving the conversion rate. So all the things that matter beyond content, we now actually have more time for. Um, so I think, you know, there are so many ways where if you're facing a situation like that at work, or you have a question about how do I implement AI successfully? You know, I'll tell you, we've got lots of ideas and lots of use cases at Continent Scale, which by the way, I think surpassed 3000 users. So pretty crazy what we're doing over here at continent scale shameless shout out go to continent scale.ai <laughs> i love that <laughs> all the shameless shouts i just super proud of our work i think that's that the other day yes. it's a, we're so happy to be yes. in this space and we love what we do and we want to share that with as many people as possible and this this podcast is just one of those outlets where you know where we can connect with people and really get our message out and really connect with people that are like-minded AI. I think that that's one of the things that excites me the most is just these topics are just so interesting and it's it's really revolutionary. It's what's going to change a lot of people's lives and I want to be a part of that for as many people as possible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the ocean wave, the tsunami that oh, um, yeah, we'll go there. <clears throat> can either tear down your house, destroy your building, everything as you know it, or it can carry you to greater heights than you've ever been at before because of just the level of income, reach, impact. You know, like we can take um, this live stream and we can spit out 40 clips that would normally have taken my producer, goodness, like two weeks. 
We can do that in a matter of two hours. And that's thanks to Jeff uncovering this new tool, Opus Clip Clips, where we can generate that level of output. So it's just amazing whenever you're like, you go from, right, it all starts in the mind, that perspective of, oh dear, <laughs> um, in a few decades, AI will automate all labor that's been predicted by over 2000 researchers. We go from that to, oh my goodness, AI can do all the work I didn't want to do anyway. <gasps> what does that leave time for? What does that allow me to do? So if we think about it like that, I mean, I'm telling you, like we can change the world. So that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since you brought it up, Julie, I'll go ahead and just, I'm going to share my screen real quick and just show somebody the power of Opus. Cause I think that this might help somebody that's listening. And if you're an audio listener, I'll try to describe this. But this is just from one podcast episode. If I scroll down here, these are all clips that were generated with Opus. We're not sponsored by them, but it's not an affiliate or anything. It's just a great tool. Be. Right. Uh, and it, it, we're just going, we're, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling down on this. 17, <laughs> let's, let's 19. Go, let's go to the end right here. 32. 32 wow. clips. And and keep in mind, this is just in vertical format. This is just for like TikTok and YouTube shorts. This isn't including any clips that you can generate that are typical 16 by 9 or anything like that. You want to generate square uh, ones for, for LinkedIn. You can generate all sorts of clips and it literally takes no time at all. The, the, the most time that it takes you is just the scheduling of it and making sure that you have like a proper description and tags like that, which you can just use AI for that too. And that saves you a ton of time too. So yeah, hopefully that helps somebody in the, in the audience that is looking for a solution to kind of create a ton of clips and they have long form content. And if they want other long form content, they can use it's written content at scale. Exactly. Content <laughs> <at> scale. <laughs> <AI>. <laughs> yep. Well, I had somebody on LinkedIn reach out and say, thank you for sharing that tool. And they uh, were able to take their YouTubes and turn it, their long forms and turn it straight into short form content. And they just never had the budget, the capacity or the time to hire a producer for the short form content. So ever since we shared that tool out to you guys, I've seen several um, either gotten messages or better yet, I'm scrolling my feed. And what do I see? I see an Opus clip looking back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so uh, you took that and you ran with it. Good job. The, I, think, I think the ultimate content creation and like workflow possible for 2024 is like, I have an idea for, for something. I film a long form video. It's like an hour long. I go to content at scale. I have it create a blog post for me. I take that and then use Amy to then create, you know, social media posts from that. I take that long form video, I go to Opus and then I create the shorts for it. You have so much content from just wow. those two platforms alone, yeah. all from one video source. That's insane. Like, insane. Yep. Yeah. And you know, okay. the cool part of that is like, so we took this need for production, which, you know, content production, it's an animal, it's a beast. If you've ever had to produce content, you know. And so we've taken that um, initial like monstrous need for content development production. We've eliminated that because we can now generate content that is legible, has captions, is engaging, has Jeff and I, our faces are matched to the audio and that's matched to the captions, done just how a producer I would expect to pay would do it. So we go from that 50 clips that, bam, that's my month of reels. We go from that to, okay, I haven't fired my developer, uh, developer, <laughs> my producer, guess what he's doing instead? He has the freedom and the mind space, the mental room to now go chase a strategy of we're looking at some of the top creators on LinkedIn right now, we're looking at how they've developed some of the analogies and how they've, like, I'm telling you, like, some of this stuff gets really interesting. They've literally illustrated by hand some analogy concepts to bring together visuals for what that person was saying. They've done it by hand, and it's just artistic stuff. And it goes really far, and the reach on that is so high because Less than 1% of LinkedIn video creators are even doing that. So we're now going to test that strategy. He would never have had the freedom to do that 
if it wasn't for AI taking away the grunt work. So that's how we're looking at it. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to fire my producer. <laughs> no, I'm going to 10x their output. And so I think if we look at it like that, which there's a study out there that supports that 87% of executives are actually expecting AI to augment, not replace their team right now. So that's really encouraging. We know that we can take this technology and our employers expect this level of output, but now we actually have the freedom to enjoy our work even more because AI took away all the stuff we didn't want to do anyway. So there you go. Continent scale dot AI. <laughs> awesome. Awesome points. <laughs> Shall we wrap up? I know we're at the hour. Yep. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. We will be back on Thursday around the same time. Feel free to tune in then. I hope everybody enjoyed it and got a ton of value from this episode. This episode is very special to me. I'm sure it was for you too, Julia, yes. tackling education and yes. uh, seeing the improvements in that area. It's near and dear to my heart. So uh, hopefully you found a ton of value from that. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. That sounds good. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for right. listening. Bye. <laughs>